4: Triple to the left, cross over to the right Hurricane to the game, many buckets for the night Matt uh, with the pick and roll, listen with the give and go This Shelly, you girl dunkin' in the hole Check the scoreboard, this what we fall for Keep the gameplay, they want to the encore yeah. Overtime for another ride uh, It's buckets at the buckets, baby Yeah, out of <laughs> it's buckets
5: What it is, Roman? it's buckets Woo! We get buckets, ha. Yeah, baby,
2: buckets! I have no shame.
3: I know, that's the problem.
0: You guys are awesome.
3: What's up, everyone? Welcome to Buckets. What is up, Melissa? Matt?
2: what's going, going
3: on? Nothing much. We got another man.
2: another another week closer to to tip off.
1: I know we got a scrimmage is what it are we, this Saturday actually, or isn't there an exhibition this Saturday or is it next Saturday? We probably should have known this, but no, I think it's it's uh, I think
3: it's this week because the season starts It's,
2: it's an 11 <laughs> yeah. day Season That's starts crazy. on November
3: that- November sixth.
2: I saw that tweet from Kane Hoops today. 11 days away until the season starts. So
1: got a lot to talk about.
3: Yeah, the 29th uh is a is there a we exhibition
1: go.
3: for the men and for the women it is Oh, the women don't have it. They're going straight in November 9th. There we go. Yeah. So we two When two Coach weeks weeks was like on to... the
2: show. They were getting a little antsy trying they're like we're ready to start the season. <laughs> So well, speaking well, of got, Coach they got, Meyer,
3: they, they got a couple of weeks. Yep.
2: Speaking of Coach Meyer, if if y'all didn't see my Twitter uh, this past week, I had the privilege of meeting both Coach Meyer and Coach Ellen, getting some pictures with them. Um, so they're now on my wall of fame, obviously. Uh, so good stuff.
3: <laughs> yes, Melissa was uh, rubbing elbows with celebrities there on campus.
2: And I got to uh, I got to meet Amon Richards also. He's over here i know it's more of a basketball wall but i couldn't ignore him so he's 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 over here there you go
1: <laughs> man i'm so lucky to do this podcast with you two guys you're both full-fledged celebrities now between oh you what's guys- up jackson hey. Yo, jackson, oh jackson, jackson that's my boy jackson
2: i got to meet jackson this weekend as well he's a big basketball fan he's a current student at miami so good yep, stuff yep. he always re-listens to our stuff because he's uh He's either got class or studying when our pod comes on. So shout right. out. I got yeah, to meet yeah. him Hit
3: this them weekend. Hit them He did
2: a bean. He did a bean. If y'all know what bean boozled is. I was making everybody uh try beans. So so, <laughs>
3: so we we didn't shout to Jackson who I also met. Um we we didn't know what bean boozled win was when you walked over to our side of the tailgate and started saying, "Does <laughs> it, someone want to try a bean?" And everyone's like, "What the <laughs> f are you talking about?"
1: Well, that's not usually how you set it up. You don't say. Well, it was well, not. It was. Not, it
3: was it, I think she. I think you said, "Who wants a bean?" or something to that effect. You definitely did not explain <laughs> what was even happening.
2: Basically, what Bean Boozled is is you like spin a little wheel and it it's it, it it lands on like a picture of a of a jelly bean and that jelly bean can either be flavored like really good like peach or really bad like barf and you don't know until you eat it so they call it bean boozled um it's something that coop started on his show sorry because coop was tailgating with us so i brought it to the tailgate and was having people do the bean challenge
3: because we didn't know what was the jackson
2: jackson had to eat a barf bean um but he got it down so
3: yeah strong I, I work no idea what was <laughs> happening you, you had a had a wheel and a thing of bean <laughs>
2: The uh, the football tailgate was a lot of fun this weekend, and the Canes one, so good yeah. stuff. So, in in light of this deja vu feeling, we're supposed to have Jack McClinton on the show shortly. So we'll see we'll see if if that actually happens today. What's up, Daniel? <laughs> Jackson does not recommend the beans.
3: <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, Jackson. Um, I know you're you're from there. Are you go into the game in Kentucky. He is. Yeah, he is. Okay. He said because uh,
2: uh, I think it's like right after Thanksgiving, so he's like, is, like, I'm just extending it's, Thanksgiving it's break. Day. Two days after, yeah, he actually, he's gonna be home because he's gonna be I was, home. He's like, I'm just sending my break
1: to him, too. I think he's actually going for the ACC tournament in DC, too. He was talking about that. Okay, so, well, I'll see you twice. Now. We might all be there,
2: yeah. so maybe well, we might I'll, have to I mean, coordinate I mean, with Jackson. I mean,
1: it would be hilarious if I
3: didn't go to the ACC tournament after I, like, fly over <laughs> the country for stuff, but then it's like, it's a mile that way. That's a little bit far.
2: Vish could literally walk to the ACC tournament coming I mean, up. Wor- this, we, this we, are, we
3: are going to walk to the ACC tournament. I guess tend did take the train, too. Yeah.
2: Walk. And and you guys got to come to Miami so we can uh, get put through shooting drills with Coach Meyer. <laughs>
3: She did not. I. I got. I got to listen back to that. I didn't hear the word shooting. She just said she. She shooting said drill. shooting
2: drills. I've rewatched. Yeah, she the interview. said. She said okay, shooting yeah.
3: drills. Okay. I told you guys, and you didn't listen to me.
2: I yeah. Them, no, I mean, should you,
3: you tell her? I don't need shooting drills.
2: <laughs> no, Matt's a bucket. Matt sends us yeah, his, yeah, his his yeah, videos Matt, from his from his men's league games. He's totally gonna destroy us.
1: Yo, I went off last week. Oh, Jackson I, says I, that
2: the ACC I, tournament I lines up with spring break so he thinks he can make it happen. Jackson we'll talk because hopefully all of us are going to be there so we'll definitely have to meet up at some point. Yeah.
1: I'm in a I'm in a group in twi- on Twitter with him and Bill. And so we just talk about King Soops.
2: Oh, <laughs> Bill another uh, yeah. our, our North Shadow uh thumbnail guy.
1: Who <laughs> I
3: think I'm going to see next week at the North Carolina State football game so. Oh, Bill oh, Bill so. moved to North Carolina like a week ago so. There
2: we go. Well, he'll get to a lot of UM games because, yeah. it, I mean, half of the ACC.
3: <laughs> so. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Um, but speaking of uh, ACC legends, we have one backstage. If you would like me to meet oh. our guest.
2: Well, so real quick, so it, take two. We got him on the show tonight. Kane Soups Legend, my first round draft pick, and our buckets draft uh, number thirty three. Why did the rest of, the of it though? <laughs> Jack McClinton, bring him on. <laughs> hey, what's up, Jack? Oh, how, you,
5: how, you doing? how you doing? Sorry for the mishap last week.
2: Uh, no worries. Thanks for coming on. We uh, we appreciate wow. it a lot. Um, so before we talk hoops, we got to get in our usual uh, debate that the three of us have on this show. Um, if you could only have one chicken sandwich from the rest of your life, would you go to Chick-fil-A or Popeyes?
5: That's easy. Chick-fil-A.
2: And I didn't, yeah. I, I, I didn't t- t- say anything. I just said, "Be prepared to, to pick a side." I didn't, co- I didn't like anything. So he picked that on his own. We will add, we will add you to the Chick, Chick Fil A side. Both Julian Durand and Durand Scott also ch- Chick Fil A. So strong word, yeah. Jack.
3: <laughs> I, I need to get Julia Williams on, on the, on the Popeye side there. <laughs> I have that on tape. Um,
2: but anyway, it doesn't count. If she wasn't on the show. so um so so jack you are a a legend of canes hoops probably the best offensive game to come through miami and and years and years um you were number 33 at miami was there any uh rhyme or reason to to why you picked 33 or was that Um, just
5: there's a couple reasons my dad wore 33 in college he wore 32 and 33 um i used to like stefan marbury a lot and NBA, he was number thirty three, and then I like Larry Bird because he could shoot. I think I had a Larry Bird jersey, and he was a shooter, so that's kind of like the thirty three. And then you know, thirty three is not usually like a a shooting guard, like a guard number. He's like a big man, so I just like the, the double three, and then you know, I shoot three, so
1: it made sense.
2: Shoot a lot of threes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I want to ask you about a game in particular. Um, I was actually telling one of my friends uh, that you were coming on, and so he's a St. Mary's grad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I don't I don't know if you remember a particular game against St. Mary's, maybe, um, sure. where you dropped 38 against – I think it was when Patty Mills was there on the team. Was yeah. that probably the game where you felt like the most locked in, you had that shooter's mentality going? <sighs> I mean
5: to be honest, I always was locked in. I don't think it was a particular game, but obviously that was the NCAA tournament. So you know, your your level of focus has to be at a at a at an optimum level. But at the same time, you know, I didn't really have a great first half. I mean, I didn't. I had I had six points in the first half, so it was one of those things. I went into that game saying, "Look, I'm not going to hunt shots because you know everybody watching the tournament. This is especially your time." Professor, the NBA is looking, all the top teams are looking. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to hunt my shot. I'm going to let the game come to me. Um, I had six points in the first half. And then that second half, man, it just, I don't know, the game just came to me. And when I get going, I get going. And I really got going in that second half, man. And, you know, that was a huge win for us. Uh, You know, we hadn't been to the tournament a while before that. So it was a great feeling to get a win uh, in the NCAA tournament.
3: Yeah. So, um, sorry. Uh, we we do have uh, yeah, some full of surprises here.
1: Another, another oh, I got sorry. a yeah. <laughs> I got a question you for a- you, Jack. Okay. So, um, okay, you to, you in that? your time, yeah, in your time at Miami, who was the most entertaining, funniest teammate you had?
5: My time at Miami, entertaining, funniest teammate. I had a lot of funny teammates.
1: Oh, James Goose was very funny. James Goose okay. was very. So it wasn't. What James about this guy? Deuce. What about this guy? Who's that? Go ahead, Vish. this guy. <laughs> what about this guy? <laughs> <laughs> the- yeah. Was- yeah.
5: No, Malcolm, up, Malcolm. Malcolm was there for the year I sat out, so he wasn't really like my teammate. He was my teammate, but we didn't yeah, play yeah, together. Yeah. But if you include Malcolm, Malcolm's for sure the funniest.
2: <laughs> Good save,
1: my dog. the word?
5: No question. No question, Malcolm. Yeah, no question.
1: So I, I, right there, I, man. I, I talked to Malcolm on occasion, and I told him that we were going to have you on the show, so he wanted to make a, a little appearance here, and sure. Malcolm is Shout one of
5: Malcolm, man. he's done an amazing job um, post-career basketball, coaching, teaching content. I mean, it's, I believe Malcolm's going to be a, a superstar off the court You know, with anything he does. especially like his personality, like you said, funniest guy. And he's using that to his advantage now. You know, on social media, he's taking the world by storm. And next thing I you know, you're going you know, ice camera action a movie or something. But I'm proud he's want to say that, bro. I'm super proud of you, what you're doing.
4: I appreciate it, man. You know that. You know how we rock, bro. Right, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Malcolm,
1: I think you talked a little bit. I mean, this was the year that Jack referenced it, the year he sat out. But can you talk a little bit about, like, what Jack kind of, how he helped you and um, your guys' relationship
4: at Miami? I always I always tell Jack this when I talk to him, and it's important that I let everybody know, but um, the year I sat out. It was, um, you know, it was tough for me, man. you know, it was cool at first beginning of the season because, you know, I was practicing and all that, but it didn't really hit me until I think they had a tournament, in, I think it was Maui, right, Jack?
5: Uh yes, yeah yeah. I had the Maui
4: joint. I played Connecticut and all that. Yeah 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 yeah. That was that was Maui. Yeah I think so.
5: Thank
4: and that know. that kind of like hurt me a little bit. But like seeing them get on the bus and like you know what I'm saying I was used to being in with them and seeing them on the bus like that kind of hurt. So I remember when they got back, I asked. Them, I'm like, yo, how do I do this? I'll never forget what he told me. He was like, yo, stay in the gym, bro. And before you know it, you'll be playing. And I took that to heart. And I used to try to beat him in the gym. Like, honestly, like, I would be like, damn, like, he, he can't be in the gym right now. I get in there, he already got the music playing, he's shooting. And I would be mad, like, damn, like, he beat me here again. So, um, Jack is definitely, like, Jack, Sebastian, Telfair, definitely, like, two guys that really showed me what hard work was. Like, the dude would come from here, go out, he go from the club right to the gym. I had never seen nothing like that before. I'm like, nah, this dude's different. Real talk, like... <laughs> <laughs> I had never seen nothing like that before. I'm like, nah, man. Like, I gotta really, I gotta step it up. And you've seen, like, it paid off. Like, he's a legend. Like, he taught me to step back. I took that to New York. Everybody was going crazy. I'm like, yo, I got that from Jack, man. So, you know, I got a nothing but love for that dude, man. I appreciate everything you taught me, bro. I appreciate. That's why you. his.
2: That's why your numbers in the rafters, Jack. Number thirty three is up in the
4: lot. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Hey Malcolm, that's why I he pre- was my
2: number one pick in the hoops and our Kane's hoops draft. Number one pick. <laughs>
1: Very smart. Very smart. smart I'll keep
2: throwing that out there. I don't care.
1: <laughs> hey Malcolm, we appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, coming and surprising Jack for a little bit here, but we gotta we gotta have you on the show full time at some point, man.
4: No doubt, no doubt, man. Just let me know when I'm there. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Hope Thanks, you have a good night. Absolutely. G Shock, love, bro. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. time. ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details.
2: So, a bit of a, a random fun fact that me and that me and you have in common, Jack. We've both been ejected from uh, the arena. Um, I got thrown out of a game my senior year for waving money at the refs, and you got uh, kicked out of the uh, Ohio State game. Um, do you do you think your your throwout was warranted? And uh, what was, what was and it, you Have you ever been, been, been kicked out of a game before? <laughs> I, don't
5: it, I don't think it was warranted. I mean, so a funny story that, that, uh, that game, I had just lost my grandfather. So I had a lot of like emotion built up in me and like that game, I wanted to dedicate to my grandfather. He, he died when he was 76 and I was trying to get 76 points that game. That was my, like, I mean, when, maybe when you say locked in, you asked me that earlier, I think that might've been a game where it was like, in my mind, I was like, I'm about to like do like what Chris Ball did when his grandfather died. He had the same amount of points, or yeah. whatever. And so that game, my adrenaline was rushing crazy. And if you if you do the math, I had 12 points in four minutes. So I was like kind of on track to do it. But what happened was they had subbed in a guy on the court, and he had not played a lot. He wasn't on even though he was in the scouting report. And um, I was in triple threat and if you know triple threat the ball is like down and it's hidden it's behind you and they say he was swiping for the ball he swiped he hit my whole face he swiped my whole face so my reaction was just like if you look at the video if you find it, it was like boom boom it happened so fast it wasn't like a a plan like hit back it was like you know somebody hits you You just react and hit him back and then he fell now i shot the three made the three ran back down court and then thad Mata, Goes, hey, he slapped my player. And my, this is 2008 what eight or nine? They went back to the replay.
2: Nine.
5: They don't. You, they weren't doing replays back then in 2009. You can't go back and rewind and watch the play. They went to the replay. So I could say I started the re, instant replay and changing call in college basketball. That was never a thing. So that's how uh, I go replay. I lost
2: my voice. I lost my voice at that game, booing when they ejected you. I was there was in general mission. <laughs>
5: to watch it yeah i was hurt that was that was tough yeah yeah no i didn't know
2: that i didn't know that story behind it but i was thrown out of a game by the refs the year before in the stands uh so she she waved she waved
3: she waved money at the rep and then like he went to the scores table and then security came over and escorted
5: her out that's crazy i don't think that's warranty. i mean you should be able to wave money if you want yeah yeah were you on the court or you just in the stand no no we
2: were i was in the student section I was oh, in the man. student section. There was a whole student student newspaper article about it after, but That's it's great. just I was just like, oh, I figured I'd ask you about it since we have that in common.
1: Yeah,
5: yeah, that was that was that was that was a tough. We ended up losing that game too. That yeah, hurt, that against hurt Ohio that, State. That was, yeah, That was a tough one because we were
3: winning too. Yeah, no, it yeah. was it was we we you know we we looked up the game. We actually tried to find the video. We could not find it. Right. Um, yeah, because because we remembered it being a little. Now that you re- remember the. Because I don't think they were allowed to use replay back then. No, they, they weren't. That, 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 that was, I, I remember there was something like really effed up about that ejection, and now when you brought it back up, that's—they weren't no, allowed. It there was replay it was it not part of college basketball, replay, bro. and they went and looked at it anyway and threw them out off the replay it, yeah. when when you weren't even allowed and, to look. Oh,
2: and look. handed Ohio State that game along with it. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, for yeah, right. sure, for sure, for sure.
5: It happens. That's all good.
3: No, we have to. Let's, let's not bring up all the bad stuff. Can can you? Uh... <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff well, here. Jack, so, so, the, leading, the leading three point shooter and free throw shooter in school. This man's the leading free throw percent shooter in school history at the school Rick Barry went to.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, positive here, Jack. I know. <laughs> I know you probably hear this a lot that you were before your time. You know, offensively, in terms of, I mean, in terms of efficiency, is like a high volume shooter. I don't think. It was something that, you know, people had ever seen until, you know, kind of this era. Right. Um, Right. What was kind of the work that went into that? And what's the difference between being a good shooter and an elite shooter? Like, how do you reach that level? Uh, I
5: think one is obviously, you know, repetition. You have to shoot a lot. Like I was I was making a thousand shots a day, not shooting. I was making a thousand a day. Maybe maybe I shoot 300 in the morning, 300 like. After practice, then I might shoot another 400, make make another 400 uh, at night. So my goal was to make a 1,000 shots a day. And, like, when you're shooting that much, I didn't miss a lot when I shot. So I'm like, I never usually miss two threes in a row, like, in workouts. So in a game, my mindset was like, okay, if I miss this one, I'm probably going to make the next one because I don't really miss too many shots in a row. So I think the repetition obviously the confidence you also got to have a coach that believes. And, you know, Coach Hafe believed in me because I put the work in. I was always in the gym, like Malcolm said, you know, all night, midnight after the club, before the club, like I was in the gym. So I think mindset and repetition, man, I shot a lot of shots and I made a lot of shots. I think that's the key, making shots. You know, everybody's like, oh, "Oh, you get your shot. Yeah, I shot 500, but like, how many did you make? You know, I think you have to make shots. You got to see the ball go into the basket. And I think that does something to you mentally. You know, I guess yeah. my DNA adapted to making shots, so it became very easy to me. Was mean, was
2: Coach Heath? Uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, right, I think I
5: was gonna ask about Coach Heath uh, too. So you
3: go. go for
2: it. Uh, you uh, you mentioned Coach Heath. Was Coach Heath a, a big a reason why you transferred to Miami? Because you had started at Siena and then and transferred to Miami. Um, what brought you to Miami? What were some of the factors?
5: You know, honestly, I didn't have like so. You got think in high school, I had no scholarships. I was zero scholarships in high school. Um, I ended up going to prep school, which is you get an extra year. Basically, I was a postgraduate, so I went to prep school in in Connecticut, um, South Kent, where my teammate was Darrell Wright, who at the time, when I was in Miami, he was on the Heat. So I wasn't recruited, but Darrell Wright was a top player in the country, so every coach from every school was there to watch Darrell. So while they were there to watch Darrell, I was like, oh, well, they watching me too. So let me, you know, let me do my thing. And I got a scholarship to like, I had a bunch of mid-majors, like at a prep school. I had like Hartford, central Connecticut state, Towson, you know, Siena, a couple bigger schools started coming on later on, but I signed to Siena my first year. Um, you know, at one point I was ready to quit basketball, you know, after my, my when I got my scholarship to Siena, the coach was like, Oh, you're going to be our starting guard. Don't worry. I get there and there's four other point guards, so my first eight games, I didn't touch the floor, so I started getting discouraged. But I always stayed in the gym, so I would be ready. And like after like the ninth game, every guard got hurt, so I had to play. And then that's when like my career just like just took off. That's what I always tell kids now, like, look, just wait your turn, man. You never know what could happen if you stay in the gym and your opportunity comes. You got to be ready. And I was ready. You know, I didn't. I was. I was literally. About to call my parents, like, you know what, I don't know if this basketball thing was for me. You know, I put all this work in, I get here, and, like, I'm not playing. And then when I do get in for two minutes, I turn the ball over, coach takes me out. So, like, I was getting very discouraged um, at one point. And then after my year at Siena, my, we had a bad year, but I had a great year, like, statistics, statistic, that's a tough word, statistically I had statistic a great year. Man. So um, after the year, my coach got fired, and the coach, Rob Lanier, was the coach there. And that was part of the biggest reasons, him and Rob Jackson, why I committed to Siena. So after that year, he got fired. I'm like, well, if he's getting fired, I think I want to transfer because I came here to play with this coach. And my dad put together a highlight tape, all my offensive mix, and he literally put a DVD and we sent it to every school. Like, we are find out what the school is, and he just sent this highlight tape out. Um, and it got to um, Coach Hate because the coach, my coach, Rob Lanier, he had coached with Coach Hafe at Texas years previous. So he's like, look, there's a guy, you know, Jack McClendon, He he's he a mid-major player. He, he can go to Miami, he can help you out. He, you know, he may not be a superstar, but he can definitely help your team out. And to be honest, like, I didn't have many schools, and Siena also put holds on where I could transfer. They were like, you can't transfer here. You can't go to Maryland. You can't go to Georgetown. There was a ton of schools that they put a limit. They said, you can't transfer there. So they put a lot on schools that I couldn't go to. And, you know, Coach Hafe took a chance on me. And to be honest, one of the main reasons why I, I committed to Miami is because of Darrell Wright. You know, he was on the Miami Heat. So I'm like, well, look, if I don't play at Miami, like I'm going to bust my ass, I'm going to work hard. But, like, if it don't work out, I'm going to be Darrell's manager on the Heat. So, like, it's a win-win. And there was no pressure for me to come in to perform either. I wasn't, like, a five-star. So I'm like – there's no pressure. I think that's another thing that helped me out of Miami is that nobody expected me to do what I did. So there was no pressure going in and be like, you got to go on your first year and make 30 teams. You see, you got to come in and be a starter. That wasn't, that wasn't the, the plan. So I think that helped me a lot, not having pressure going into Miami, but that's how I got to Miami. I transferred from Siena, you know, relationships they, you know, coach linear new coach have took a chance on me and it was all she wrote. You know, but big big ups to Coach Hayes because he took a chance on a, a mid major guy. That's back then, guys weren't transferring from you know the MAC conference, a mid major to the ACC. That wasn't happening. You know, so usually you transfer down. You know. Yeah. So at what point then? Because you you
3: kind of weren't heavily recruited at high school. You started to finally find your way at Siena, and then you know your coach gets fired, and now like you said, Coach Hayes took a shot on you from an ACC standpoint. At what point did you realize? not only can I play with these guys, I'm like one of the best players in the conference. I'm one of the best players to ever played at this school. Like at what point did you, because you said even coming in, you know, you weren't really under that pressure to have to do that. Right. Um, but then obviously when you, when you left the school, you're, right. your like, like Melissa said, you're in the Raptors, you're all right. over the record books now. Um, like what did you realize, like what you were capable of doing on that level?
5: You know, the first thing that I saw, like when I got to Miami, even the year I sat out, like guys worked out, they worked out, and like they practiced and they worked out, but like they weren't really going like to that ultimate measure, like, you know, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, 7 a.m. in the morning, 6 a.m. in the morning. Like when I started doing that and I saw other guys not doing it as much, I was like, okay, that's an advantage I have that I'm in the gym more because I was a late bloomer. You know, I was five nine, five eight, maybe in high school. You know what I mean? So that was one thing that boosted my confidence. Second thing was like, you know, I think it was our couple, a couple of our first ACC game, I think was Georgia tech. And like, that was a big for I'm like, yo, I'm about to play Georgia tech. Like my sister went to Georgia tech, you know, years previous, she was a track star. And like, you know, Georgia tech was great back then. They had like Javaris Crittenton, they had Iman Shumpert. They had a lot of tough guards. And after that game, when I played, I had like 20 something on Georgia tech. I'm like, yo, I might could do something here. And then it's all mental. At the end of the day, it's all mental. You know what I mean? Like if you believe like in anything, like I have a thing that, you know, I coach some kids here at elementary. I have a, I have a, a school that I coach here and um, I teach the kids. It's called base. It's believe, achieve, succeed excellence. Cause once you believe anything, if you believe you can achieve, achieve anything. And once you achieve, you become successful. And then the excellence is, is, is the determining factor of all that. And I think, my belief system changed georgia tech and i believed that i could play in that league and it happened and i did it and i took the you know i took the world by storm but i think one of the biggest things was that was no pressure for me to perform i think that's why i was able to kind of go out there free not worry about anything and i think that georgia tech game was the game that i was like yo i can actually i can play i can i can i could do something here
1: Jack, I know you still have, you know, some connections to the current Miami team. Um, I know you still work out with some of the guys as well and whatnot. Do you ever think, though, too, like this era of basketball, like if you would have played at Miami during this time, you know, the small ball era, it's a lot more fast paced, a lot more offensive possessions. Uh, Like how many points you would have scored in this era and how. how...
5: Yeah, I mean, I think about all the time, but I also think about like, Everybody does what I what I did back then, so maybe I wouldn't have stood out as much. You know what I mean? You got everybody shooting deep threes. You got everybody running up and down, running and gunning. When I in my era, nobody was doing it, so like I stood out like a sore thumb. So I think maybe this era, I could say yeah, but at the same time, it could be like I could get lost in the sauce because now I got everybody else doing what I'm doing. I'm not saying they made the shots like I made percentage wise, but you know I could have got lost in this era, to be honest. So I think the no. fact that I played the way I played back then, I think it made it easier for me because, you know, like I said, Coach Abe gave me the ultimate green light. And when you got the green, well, I had a neon light. Once you have the neon light, man, that breeds confidence. <laughs> so my confidence was like, I can literally go across half and shoot it if I wanted to. Because I made that. <laughs> I work on that shot. I was shooting from the
2: and I mean, you earned that. You earned that. Right. You were making everything, right. but uh, so you got you got drafted by the Spurs uh, after your time at Miami. Are there any experiences in the NBA that stood out to you, or anything that you learned?
5: Uh, I mean, I guess the first thing, like you know, obviously you're a second round pick. You, you know, it's nothing's guaranteed. You know what I mean. You have to really make the roster. And one thing that I noticed, like when I got drafted, like to be, uh, to, to be compre- completely frank, like obviously you have dreams of making the NBA when you're a kid, but like. I never thought that I would, that like the career that I had, I never thought that I would, I never thought I'd be in the hall of fame. I never like, that wasn't like a realistic in my mind. It was like, I'll play division one basketball and like, I'll be great. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to work my butt off and hopefully something happens, but like to sit here and tell you as a kid, like, I was like, I know I'm going to make the NBA. Never. I I dreamed about it. Like every kid dreams about it, but like how many people actually make it? So, you know, Getting drafted, that was, like, a crazy feeling. And then, you know, getting drafted to the Spurs, an organization like them is, like, you know, they don't just draft anybody. They draft, like, people that they feel can be in their system that could, you know, that could be, you know, an addition. So Summer League comes, and, like, one thing about the NBA, uh, they they didn't target you. I was small. I was a small guard. Well, I was a small guard. So Summer League, I mean, I remember, like, they're like, oh, McClinton's when you post them up. I remember my first summer league game. I couldn't guard those guys. They were big, big guards. So I wasn't really a point guard. I was like a natural shooting guard. So I had to guard the shooting guard. So, you know, one of the biggest things with that was like guys are bigger and they they really attack you. And then one thing I remember from the Spurs is just like the level of professionalism they had. Like that organization is like a one. I mean, it's like top tier, and you know, that's why they've been successful over the years. That's why Pop is one of the most one of the best coaches of all time. And I mean. It's a great organization. They ran things the right way. Um, now it's definitely a, an, an awesome feeling being drafted by the Spurs.
2: So you've been uh, doing some things outside of basketball as well since your time at Miami. Do you wanna uh, talk about your brands and, and what you've been up to now?
5: Yeah, um, I'm doing a lot of stuff. So I have a Loaded Dock, which is a resort and swimwear brand. Um, it's almost like Tommy Bahama, but for millennials. Um, I built that in 2016, and from there, like, I probably have, like, 13, 14 professional clients that I deal with. I create their whole wardrobe for them. Um, That's, like, on the high fashion side. And then I also have a brand called Active Dreamers um, where I do home decor blankets and pillows. Um, I've been licensed with the NBA, the NBPA, where, you know, the blanket is the player's body and the pillow is the player's face. so I was going to ask
1: I was going to yeah. actually ask you about Active Dreamers because you're kind of going through like a rebrand with it as well, right? Yeah. So you, you yeah, have yeah. some new so, ideas coming out and stuff? Yeah, we're going to be
5: dealing with some other leagues. You know, I'm building a, a better executive team. Obviously, you know, being an athlete, you know, you, you learn on the go. I'm like, I didn't go to school to be a CEO or a businessman. Like, so, you know, I'm building my executive team out now. You know, I have my own manufacturers now, I own my own manufacturers. Um, we're going to be dealing with some more leagues. So, you know, I kind of jumped the gun early on. I didn't... to. Be, You know i had a great idea i had licenses but i didn't really have my infrastructure together and i think any serial entrepreneurs out there um, before you jump in to do anything you know get your infrastructure set first because if you jump the gun it's like building a house if you don't got the right stuff in the house the house can crash you know what i mean so for me i had a great idea but my infrastructure wasn't there so i couldn't really scale the business like i wanted so you know now i'm building my infrastructure building from the ground up and you know i'm excited uh what's about to happen on the top of 2024. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. And after Germans really started about really giving players ownership in something. You know what I mean? So, you know, I had the license to create products with athletes name, Image and Likeness for the NBA. You know what I mean? That's is before the NIL stuff. You know, it's always, always about empowering, you know, athletes. And now my whole motto, like, I hope the University of Miami, I talked to them last year about, you know, looking at themselves as CEOs, like, leverage the UN brand, like, be a businessman, network, because your network is obviously your net worth. So I did a uh, NIL panel, but I, my NIL stands for Network Investment Leverage, because you got to be able to leverage your network and you got to be an investor in your network and not a monetary thing, but like invest in speaking to people because Miami is a very niche, niche community. And there's a lot of people that want to help you out. So, you know, that's something that I do now is educate athletes on how to be CEOs of their own life and how to leverage, you know, the position that they're in. So I'm all about empowering that the new age athlete.
2: Did you study business at Miami?
5: <laughs> I didn't. I was sports administration, but you know I had a lot of mentors. You know I was very uh, oh, okay. I wanted to understand like how is this guy that's worth fifty million a huge fan of me, and why am I a huge fan? Of this guy's worth fifty million. It's like I don't know what it's like to have fifty million, and this guy doesn't know what it's like to hit a bunch of threes. But the common thing is like we both like sports. We're you know we're both like people like you know people people so. You know, I always understood back then when I was in school, I was I was talking to everybody and I got mentors that were, you know, big time businessmen that that was my business course, you know, learning about how to start a business, learning how to distribute dividends, learning how to create a cap table, learning about equity, learning about ownership. So, you know, that's what I try to do now is pour knowledge on, you know, these professional guys and definitely these high school and college guys now. So my school was mentorship. You know, that's that was how I learned.
1: Can I ask you, too, this is a little bit on the fashion front, um, just about like trends currently and whatnot. I feel like like basketball apparel almost has like become like so mainstream, essentially like basketball shorts and stuff. You see so many basketball shorts companies on Instagram, social media, like, you know, whether it's like anime influenced or, you know, influenced with other ways. How have you seen, you know, kind of how how um, trends have changed and whatnot?
5: Yeah, I think fashion is in a very uh, unique space right now. You know, obviously with social media, anybody could come up and pop out and do a brand. Um, but I think it, it's la- the fashion that's lacked the, uh, the originality. There's a lot of, like, people doing what other people do. Um, it lacks quality. It's not the best quality because everybody just wants to have a brand and kind of get something out. But I think it shows you how influential basketball is. You know, like, the basketball shorts is probably, like, the most – popular fashion item right now everybody's everybody loves shorts i mean it's the mesh short that's the that's the new thing the new mesh short so i think basketball has a huge influence on culture and fashion that's why you see a lot of athletes now starting fashion brands and like the new athletes you know, the nba that's the modern day runway you know, you're seeing guys you know express themselves through fashion so i think it's
1: great it's amazing jack i got one last question for you um mm-hmm. are you still doing the influencer runs if so i would like to get an invite uh, if possible, I wanna I wanna put the clamps on Michael B. Jordan.
5: Right, you know it's funny. You know when I was living in L.A., uh, we did that a lot. Obviously, there's a lot of you know musicians, movie people, and that was one thing. I have a great network. You know what I mean. So that's why I was doing those influencer runs, where it's like you know I'll invite Mike B. Jordan, and then I'll invite Quavo or somebody, and then like Mike B. Jordan and Quavo are now friends. Now now they built a, a connection, and so that's what that where that started. And I did it in L.A., but I just moved back to Miami in April, so I plan to start getting some stuff together. But I got to see who's around. You know, Miami is more like a. A lot of people are actually moving here, but a lot of people come to Miami and visit, and then they leave. So it's just really figuring out who I can get in the gym and kind of go from there. But I definitely plan on doing it here in Miami, and I'll I'll give you an invite, Maddie, when uh when we do that, I'll let you know. Yeah I, I, I,
1: I hit eleven threes. I hit eleven threes in my last men's league game. So I, <laughs> how far is the line? Well, okay. It's college. Right? <laughs> oh, there we <you> go. <laughs> it's college. Uh, he just we'll won up college. Hey, hey. I, so you I, can get uh, away with that. You can I get shoot, away with that. You I can shoot.
3: get away with that when you're talking to us. But no, not, to, I, not, 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 with, not with the all-time leading three-point shooter in Miami history, man. What are you doing? Hey, what, are what are you doing?
5: doing? Like, it's I'm, not I'm, right. Okay, let me it's let me right say something right real right fast, bitch. You got it. You got it. You got it. So next time, I want you to say all-time leading three-point percentage in ACC history. Oh, there we go! Yes, yeah, right. number, one, number one, in number history, one ACC history, number one, number one, and, and number
2: yeah, one it, draft pick on the buckets yeah, draft. Yes. Throw it out there <laughs> again, my number <laughs> one draft pick. But,
3: but I, I will, I will say, um, you know that you you mentioned how like a lot of people are shooters now. Your numbers still hold right. up, man. Fifteen, I know you said like you might have gotten lost in the shuffle, right? I don't. No one does it at the level you did it. Still, fifteen years later. 15. Right, yeah, right. well, well that's exciting. why we'll, we'll brag for you then.
5: Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate, it. <laughs> really appreciate you guys uh, having me on the show. And, no, thank uh, you so much know, uh, us all time. Have to make it Yeah, no, thank you're you so well, much.
3: You're welcome. You're welcome anytime,
2: anytime, and uh, yep. thank well, thank and, your boy and, Greg and actually, for us for hooking this up. Yeah, and actually, now that <laughs> yeah, you're you're no, back no,
3: in hey. Miami, are, are we going to see you at Watsco? Yeah, um be All right, all right, we'll we'll hook up there at some point. Definitely talk.
5: All right, man. All right, thank you so much. actually, are you guys coming to the game Sunday?
1: There's a game <laughs> so oh the exhibition <laughs> yeah so Jack I'm actually in California uh, okay. I'm, in I'm the ol- I'm the only so, one that lives in, in Miami Miami okay oh,
5: hey, got it got it got
1: it although I'm down there all the time so we'll, we'll okay. hook up.
5: I live in yeah, D.C. I live in now doing some commentating this year too so I'm doing six games I'm doing uh oh nice exhibition I'm doing UCF I'm doing I'm doing like five or oh. six uh, out of conference games so you'll see me at the awesome Awesome, yeah. Oh, awesome. I'll, I'll be at yeah. quite
2: a few of them. So yep.
5: we'll definitely see you. See me come say what's up. All right, right, we'll for do, sure, we'll for do, sure. Thank Thanks you, for man. coming on, Jack. We really thank you for appreciate it. Us so much time. We'll be right, thank you. All right,
2: guys. All right. Cue the socks outro. Don't cry. We Keep it chill. Yeah, baby. Wear good socks. Ooh.